Hey folks, Animan here. Thank you for listening to or watching Destiny Beat. Each week we run through the most recent news for Destiny 2 from Bungie and take viewer questions and answers. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play or Spotify or watching on YouTube, you can catch this podcast live. Uh, follow on twitch.tv slash animanaau. We record every Friday. I actually changed the time for this. It is now at... Uh, el- 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Times. Uh, do check the show notes. I'll put the other time zones in there because I haven't updated my notes on my desktop, which I need to do as I read this out. Hitting like and subscribe and following is also a great way to support this channel also uh, for free. But anyway, let's get into it with the introduction. You're listening to Destiny Beat, a podcast that digs into Destiny news and creates a conversation about the direction of the game franchise. My name's Animana, and I'm a content creator for YouTube and Twitch who focuses on the beginner experience. And I'm going to be going over the weekly news from Bungie, changes coming to the game, and providing feedback based on how our community is consuming the game content. Destiny Beat is recorded weekly, live on Twitch. You can join us and have your say. All right, so that is the introduction, everything out of the way, everything's looking good. Yeah, I decided to change the time because there's two reasons. A, my audience tends to start watching me at 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, so it was very weird for me to change the time on everyone, just throwing them for a loop. Um, it's just not a, a standard time for everyone, so I didn't want anyone to miss out. And B, also, if I don't get enough sleep, in this situation I didn't, uh, it means that I don't have to delay the podcast as well. I can just get the sleep during the day and then work on it kind of thing at night as usual. So, as mentioned, we've got people in chat talking about what's happening in the podcast and also talking about, at the moment, what's been happening with uh, with the new seasonal event that's coming soon, the Festival of the Lost. So we're going to start out with the, uh, the TWAB this week at Bungie. So... This week at Bungie, this is for the 24th of uh, October, 2019. This week at Bungie is about to get spooky. Mark your calendars, Guardians, because October 29 is a day filled with updates that will appeal to just about every player in the community. We have a full menu of activities to tackle, challenges to master, and exotic loot to add to your collection. Ooh. Is that interesting? Like, oh, Xenophage is coming out. Yes, okay, that is exciting. Um, Festival of the Lost is about to return. We have a full preview of the festivities. There's a link there. Um, I will put this in the show notes as well. And I'll actually paste this in the chat as well if anyone does want to uh, follow along also and follow any links. So, a new dungeon is also opening up. To willing fire teams or guardians, the brave who want to tackle it alone, speak with Eris. So Eris Morn will have that on the moon. She knows the way. Crucible is about to gain some momentum as well, changing the way guardians meet in glorious combat. Earlier this week, Banshee sent season pass owners out on a quest to claim the exotic bow, Leviathan's Breath. If you haven't completed the quest yet, there's a video that you can check out there. Also, that's a picture for anyone that's watching on YouTube. If you haven't collected it, it is a heavy bow. Uses uses void a very basic way of explaining how it works it's got a slow charge up and it's more or less tractor cannon without the debuff mixed with a rocket or something like that so it is pretty cool on top of that there's also another exotic quest going live for shadow keep owners you may have seen pictures of a replica we had made of the bug gun in previous events it's time for you to go out and claim the xenophage or xenophage i don't know what it is actually called as your own weapon 
Where will the path take you first? There'll be many options for you to consider depending on how you like to play the most, which is super interesting. I wonder if it's getting us to go into different activities. So continuing the momentum. Next week, Lord Shax is mixing things up with the Crucible with a new mode called Momentum Control. While Mayhem puts a focus on supers, Momentum shifts your focus to gunplay. This is a fast paced, hair on fire experience where the lethality of all weapons has been cranked to 11. You're incentivized to be aggressive as you defeat other guardians to earn charged melees, grenades and super. Here's a quick rundown of what to expect. So, instant respawn times. Out of the fight, no problem, dip right back in immediately, so just as soon as you die you're back in. Uh, weapon damage increased, higher combat lethality, everything in your arsenal is a contender. Ability regen requires effort, defeat enemy players to charge your melee, grenade and super. I'm guessing you start out with it turned off or maybe you just get your first set of abilities and then after that you have to work back to using them. There's no tracker, sneak around your enemies for some sweet flanks amped control zones capture faster and grant more bonus points per kill that is very interesting supercharged supers increased damage resistance super means you become the 1000 pound gorilla be careful because heavy weapons put you down quickly the heaviest of ammo increased heavy ammo respawn rates and drop amounts also so that's uh that's actually sounding pretty cool you don't really get a lot of modes that tend to focus on the weapons it's usually about the supers or uh, the actual mechanic of the PvP mode, which is really cool to see the weapons taking the uh, the center spotlight. Many of us who have been playtesting this have compared it to the classic Halo custom game SWAT, but for Destiny. We've done a lot of trying out different weapons and seeing how they behave in this heavily modified sandbox of a mode. Momentum will feature 6 vs 6 rotating playlists during Festival of the Lost. We'll be monitoring the community's response to see when we want to bring it back. Looking forward to hearing your feedback. So Twitter is a great place to get that feedback back to them or also the Bungie forums. The Triumphant. Next week, we're neck deep in Season of the Undying. We wanted to talk about some changes to Seasonal Triumphs in the third year of Destiny 2. You may have noticed some of the changes to the system and the Destiny dev team wanted to let you know that some of our thinking behind why we are adjusting Triumphs going forward. This is interesting. I didn't even, I haven't actually read this yet. So I'm kind of excited reading this. Destiny dev team is saying, as always, we start with the following goals. Provide more tiers of pursuits to players. So at the moment, they've just added a new feature where before you had the full pursuit or uh, the full triumph that you would have to go through. And I think this is what they're talking about. And um, is this what we're talking about? But anyway, now you now that it's segmented. So if you have a, uh, a triumph that's like kill 5,000 players, it will now be split up to maybe, um, you know, uh, 1,000, 1,000, 1,000, 1,000 kind of thing. So that means you get multiple points along the way that add up to the total points you would normally get. Uh, provide seasonal pursuits that match each season of Destiny. Ensure everyone has a chance to show off their accomplishments. What's in a Triumph tier? Starting with Shadowkeep, individual Triumphs now have tiers. They grant a portion of its total Triumph score as you make progress towards the final Triumph. For example, I actually just, I shouldn't have even done an example. Uh, consider the Season 8 Power Bonus Triumph. It has three tiers. Turn the first tier, you need to gain five points of bonus power from your season 8 artifact the gate lord's eye once you do you'll get 10 points of triumph score towards your account's total triumph score next team tier will then be revealed to you as part of this release we went through all the existing triumphs in the game and added tiers to the triumphs where they made sense 
A title to match the season. This is probably too much homework, but the an ever-evolving world section of Luke's Director's Cut Part 3 is essential reading the Cliff's Notes version of this uh, as it pertains to these titles. Okay, well, we'll try. Prior to the season of The Undying, each piece of the annual pass added as uh, the game's part of the game's design to live on forward in the future forever. During Season 8, a new situation will unfold on the moon. Over the course of the season, the situation will be resolved and some of the related activities will go away as Season 9's conflicts arrives. This will also be true of the title associated with Season 8, where the triumphs and the badge for the new title will ask players to participate during the Season of the Undying. Once the conflict has been resolved, players will no longer be able to earn the Season's title Undying. So that's actually one I need to, you know, get my bottom into gear and actually start working towards. New Light and getting all the score. New Light focused on, or forced us, sorry, to think about many of the existing triumphs and evolve our philosophies around what triumph score represents. For example, when a New Light player joins the game, should they receive all the score for getting to level 50 without putting in any effort? That doesn't feel like much of a triumph. That said, shouldn't a new Kindergarten have a chance to have the magical moment where they hit max score? Also, our evolving world will lead to many triumphs that will no longer be yet able to be earned. Yet we've heard loud and clear, and clear, sorry, loud and clear, a little bit of a slip up there, that triumphs without score aren't very compelling. The rules had to evolve. Oh, that's so good. I was actually, this is one of my pet peeves with uh, the triumph system, is that a lot of the crucible triumphs don't have a score around them. And it's like, well, why am I getting this unlock? I can't show it off anywhere. Um, it just almost feels just like a log of things like oh, i've done that okay cool move on uh, doesn't actually contribute to anything the decisions pre-shutter keep triumphs that no longer require effort can't be earned after season seven these triumphs have had their score reduced to zero the players who have earned them will still see them in their triumphs seasonal triumphs will also have a score value if you miss the triumphs during the season of the undying you may not be able to max out your score for the year that's interesting I don't know how that's going to be taken. Even with an evolving or even with an evolution to our triumph philosophy, uh, we don't think we're making tweaks to the system. Don't think we're done with making tweaks to the system. Not everyone or everything is as clear as we'd like to be in order to support Destiny as an ever evolving world. We'll be listening closely for feedback as we consider how to best continue the evolution of triumphs. Before I move on, I feel like this is actually going to be an issue that they're going to have potentially bite them in the bottom. I came from a game called Final Fantasy XIV Comrades and they moved from having the game housed within Final Fantasy XV and then moving it to a standalone game. So when it moved to the standalone game, it got its own trophy system on the PlayStation Network and achievements on Xbox and so on and so forth. But that meant that people now had incomplete uh, trophy systems for Final Fantasy XV. So there's a lot of players that were very frustrated that they had those uncompleted triumphs. So if anyone is from Bungie's listing, do consider that because you're going to get a lot of players complaining or arguing that they should be able to earn that triumph or it should just be removed from the game entirely. Um, it's going to be kind of like the YouTube comments, a very either a positive or a ne very, very negative side of things. I think it's definitely worth considering because you get a lot of players complaining that they can't get that triumph score that others do. Um, yeah, I feel like that's something to consider. Absolutely. And I, I'm sure they already have really considered it, but... Uh, I guess we'll see how that goes. Color your words. 
Accessibility is something we're always trying to improve in Destiny. We have some new changes coming next week to make subtitles easier to read. The Destiny dev team is here to tell you more. Have you ever found yourself wishing the subtitles were bigger or liked having them but thought they took up too much space or even want them to be a different color? It has always been important for us to make the uh, when we make the Destiny's UI accessible to the widest range of people they possibly can. Later this month, we'll be releasing an update that adds more options to let you change the look of subtitles in Destiny, five different sizes to pick from, a variety of text colors, and a few styles for the um, for the background. And there's a little little uh, trailer here that you can actually also see. I, I feel like the the light yellow version is very good because a lot of um, a lot of I guess TV shows and movies tend to have that color style. But if you prefer white, maybe you could go for that. These new subtitle settings are found in the settings tab underneath gameplay on PC and accessibility on consoles. And they're present in new users initial login experience. So when you log in, you're choosing your brightness and it's also gonna mention about the subtitles there also. We've taken this opportunity to consolidate some PC settings into five subsections, which is great because that's a very large amount of options that you have on PC. This is one focused update on increasing accessibility options in Destiny with plans for additional updates and later releases. In brackets, a small example that didn't quite make this next feature release is a fix on subtitles disappearing when navigating between menus. We'd love to hear your feedback on these changes as well as uh, what other accessibility improvements are important to you? Ready for the runway. Last week we put out the call for all fashion focused guardians to put on their best threads for fashion week. We have an esteemed panel of judges who have been searching through the submissions to settle on a few favorites as the or to honor as the first fashion week winners. Here are the picks. There's Hunter, uh, looks like a very uh, knightly looking character. Player's name is Warg. W-O-R-G. Looks pretty cool. And you can find this on the uh, the article that will be linked in the show notes or in chat. I've pasted it in there as well. We have another hunter with a very, uh, very clean looking astronaut style with the Lumina. That is a very cool looking. I think that's the ornament for the uh, premium. Uh, it's called the uh, the plasticity ornament set. Waiterloat has that. I love the mech style leg. It looks really cool. Another hunter. Oh, it must be like lots of hunters and lots of titans and stuff. There's a really cool look. That's actually a look I've been going for with a different helmet and different uh, cloak. It's very cool looking, um, very biker style. And that is Nazul with that one. I love that style. That that armor set, ornament set is really cool looking. Warlocks. You got the bunny helmet from, I think, one of the previous uh, Festival of the Losts. Got that cloak. We got the white and red style from Morrigan. We have another knightly looking style, very, very dark looking, almost soul edge style from Danny. We have a purple one with, I think it's the, um, I, I can't remember the name. It's like one of the opulent sets or something. Uh, that was the merging wheat. Again, check these in the show notes as uh, I do go over this, this is online. We have a black and red Titan style with the horned helmet style. Very, uh, very, I can't even think of the word for it, but it's very uh, fibrous looking, like muscular looking. And that's from Tad's Jr. We have another red and white set for the Titan. Again, very almost like a um, like a power suit style with the 
It's the ornament for the synthoseps that give the muscular look. That one looks pretty cool from a fatal chick. Then we have an Optimus Prime style, which looks pretty cool from Crisis. That is, uh, that is, I've actually seen a few Optimus Prime style color sets and it's pretty cool to see people having that option. Other Guardians have caught their eyes. Fashion is subjective and though this Guardian's look may be considered unconventional, they wore it loud and proud and here is an honorable, honorable mention. There's someone with the crayon style armor set, Angel Montero. That's actually one of the styles I've gone for in, when I've been playing Crucible, which is to get the gorgeous looking armor set. And that way when you beat players, they're like, how do I, how do I lose to this player? All the Guardians mentioned will receive a special emblem and as a badge of honor. If you would like to be featured here and claim that emblem as your own, keep an eye out for the next week in Fashion Week in a future uh, this week at Bungie or TWAB uh, for how to submit. So do keep an eye on, on that. Then we have the support for player support. We've got Forges and Festivals. We have notes coming out. I guess notes, yeah, notes. Uh, player support has everything you need to know for next week's update. Going live, I would assume, on the reset. So that is the 29th of October. We have 2.6.1 next Tuesday. Destiny 2 update 2.6.1 is scheduled to go live. This update will introduce a broad range of broad variety of changes to the player experience and it resolves a number of known issues that have emerged since launch of Shadowkeep. Here are some highlights. Resolved an issue that prevented some veteran players from unlocking Black Armory Forges and completing the mystery box quest for Izanagi's Burden. I believe that might have had something to do with the key mold, might not have been able to access. Resolved an issue that prevented players from abandoning the mysterious boss quest for Izanagi's Burden on an old account, it will be retrievable from A to 1. Resolved an issue where the Exilus Black's destination quest could not be recovered if abandoned, it would be retrievable from failsafe. Uh, resolved an issue which prevented players, uh, some players, from earning Similar's design triumph. This would be triumph. Uh, would be unlocked retroactively for el eligible players. I believe that was to do with the Iron Banner. Uh, resolved an issue causing daily bounties from Eris Morn and the Lectern of Enchantments to rotate weekly. Resolved an issue that increased load time for previewing gear while traveling between destinations. I don't know if that's something that's new or it's like how the PS4 and Xbox versions have had a, quite a low, I guess, amount of time or a long amount of time that the menu takes to load can be a little bit frustrating. Additionally, we'd like to remind players that we resolved an issue causing crashes in the GoFan and Forge on Hotfix 2.6.04. Players who previously encountered issues engaging with the Black Armory content are highly encouraged to try again once 2.6.1 becomes available next Tuesday. And they mentioned uh, you should follow Bungie Help on Twitter, monitoring, monitoring um, their support feed at help.bungie.net for any details once these are released or available. Alright, best of all the lost. Uh, also next Tuesday, Festival of the Lost returns to Destiny 2. In case you missed it in our blog earlier this week, we encourage all players to take a look at our official Festival of the Lost guide. Before Avil Avanti returns to adorn the tower in ghoulish decor, we'd like to inform players of what they can do right now to prepare themselves for the festival's return. Brand new players who can go through the new light experience must achieve at least 770 power before Ava Levanti will beckon them to her festival of the lost introductionary quest. If these players are lower than 770, they will not be able to interact with Ava Levanti at all. So do make sure you get that done. Uh, I know in the past, if you had a lot of players that kind of jumped to conclusions and 
uh, just you know complain or argue that they can't actually access it they've had pretty good communication here saying what you need to do to get started all veteran players including those who were boosted to 750 at the new launch of new light shadow keep may head directly to Ava Levante once Festival of the Lost is live to begin her quest. So this is only for new players. If you are just starting and you started in the Cosmodrome, um, anyone before that that started with the traditional Destiny 2 launch can go straight into it. But players that are starting with New Light must actually get that first quest done and get to 770, which is not too hard at all. While well, New Light players must achieve 770 power before they can jump in, the Haunted Forest has a minimum recommended power of 750, so all Guardians should be able to jump right in. Additionally, while we wait the festival's return, we'd like to forewarn players about earning and deleting candy and strange coins. In order to earn those currencies, players must wear the Masquerader's helmet, purchasable from Ava Levante for 100 Glimmer. If players defeat enemies and complete activities without this helmet equipped, they will not earn candy or chocolate strange coins. Furthermore, players should be cautious when dismantling any items in their consumables inventory. Any instances of dismantling candy or chocolate strange coins, intentional or otherwise, will delete the entire stack. So you don't want to accidentally delete a full stack of 600 of these or whatever the cap is. Players who encounter issues with the following launches of 2.6.1's update and Festival of the Lost should report them to the Bungie Help Forum. We got some new movies and as always if you are a person or player that puts together any content for Destiny do consider submitting it to Bungie for the chance to win a cool emblem. Every week we're on the lookout for community creative videos. We take our favorites and feature them here for all to see and the winner will receive a special emblem. In fact, starting this week, we have a new emblem for all future Movie of the Week winners. So you can see there on screen, otherwise in the show notes, you can follow the link to this This Week at Bungie to see that for yourself. And you can also watch those movies. So we have a movie called No Guns, which is for the Garden of Salvation final boss, which is very interesting. Uh, honor honorable mention we have memento mori uh, and that was a build of the ace of spades weapon also don't forget we're also kicking off our game to give charity event next week learn more about how you can participate by either donating or joining a fundraising team we have a whole lineup of content creators coming together here's a look at the screen at the stream schedule for october 29 I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to next week. We've stacked up a lot of new things to go live, and I'm having a hard time deciding what to do first. So that wraps up this week at Bungie. I can see quite a lot of people talking in the chat at the moment. We'll get to uh, question and answer and discussion just after we go through these articles. Thank you very much for stopping by and, and chatting with everyone. It's really cool. So I just wanted to quickly mention as well, last week we had the Telesto kind of switched off. There was a bug where if you stacked a... Uh, armor 1.0 piece of armor that had I think it was ashes to assets the grenade mod and also an armor 2.0 piece which in another slot allowed you to also stack the ashes to assets mod uh, what would happen would be you would shoot all your telesto bolts on the floor so they're all stacked on the floor and if you threw a grenade at it you would just instantly get super meter without having to work for it so they've turned that off as that would be very frustrating crucible and uh, it basically make the raid very easy I'm guessing so, moving on, Festival of the Lost. Just gonna quickly go over this as well. Uh, I've also got a help article. I will link that in the show notes, but I don't think it's probably worth going over that. I've actually made a, a pretty good guide on how that all works. And I don't wanna chew into the uh, the discussion time 
So you can check that in the show notes for the Destiny 2 Festival The Lost Guide. So, Deej has posted, In a universe where darkness appears around every corner, death usually follows. It's important to gain courage by looking fear in the face, and he helps too. After a taking a year off, Ava Levante has returned as the herald of the Festival of the Lost. This holiday is a time for guardians to don irreverent masks and celebrate the memories of those that are lost. As a growing threat looms ever present, return to the tower, grab some candy and remind yourself what you're fighting for. Dark to the halls. With Ava's return comes renewed dedication to decorations. Candles, lights, cobwebs and pumpkins adorn every nook and cranny of the tower to ensure spirits will be raised. So you can see there and also again in that show notes you can find the link. We have the tower looking very festive with the Halloween style, very dark looking with trees and I guess dead trees around the place. Speak with Ava to begin your journey and acquire a Masquerader helmet to participate. Earn chocolate strange coins from bounties and activities to purchase Festival of the Lost mask ornaments for your new helmet. So similar to other Armor 2.0 pieces, you will be able to go down to the pressing down on your armor piece and then add any ornaments for the helmet styles for the masks. All players of Destiny 2 can participate in festivities, including new light players, who do need to be 770 power to begin. So this is not a paid or seasonal event. Anyone can access it. I mean, technically it is a seasonal event, but it's not a season pass event. Backed by popular demand, Candy makes a sweet return as a reward to be sent, spent towards mystery grab bags and the Braytech Werewolf Legendary Order Rifle. I believe that's a play on the Winter Wolf. Uh, acquiring, after acquiring the fully masterwork 950 power weapon, create your own monster with random rolls. Forest through the trees. While the festival is underway, guardians are needed to return once more to the haunted forest and defeat the fiends, ghouls, and terrors that lie within. You'll have 15 minutes to make it as far as you can go, but beware of what awaits you at the end. So previously, you would go through multiple runs of this forest. Uh, I guess the way you'd kind of look at it is a kind of like floors. So you would get to, you'd start off at one node, you'd go to the end. You'd activate another node, you'd keep going as long as you could, but as soon as the timer ran out and the timer was ticking up as well, you get more time at, as you got through more of the floors, or you, I believe maybe even how many enemies you killed. But once that timed down, after a certain point, you'd actually go and fight a boss. So um, do check out that on that. I'll probably have a guide once that does come out. Terraverse. There are more treats to be had in the Eververse if you'd like to further customize your Guardian's costume. From spooky, scary skeleton armor ornaments to jack-o'-lantern masks, we're sure you'll find something to terrorize your enemies. So there you go. You've got that, uh, you've got those skeleton sets looking pretty cool. And those are going to be purchasable on the Eververse store. Specifically, they don't drop in the game. You need to purchase them from the store for either silver or bright dust if you have enough. Then we also have some other cool little trinkets you can get from the Eververse. We have a broom. We have a sparrow. The broom is also a sparrow. We have a ship. We have some more masks. There's a tombstone emote, which I have a little animation of it below. And then some ghosts with that very draky looking uh, bat ghost, which reminds me of the Dragon Quest one. But there's also a pumpkin ghost as well. So those witches and warlocks out there who are looking for some good, clean fun, your favorite spooky sparrow has returned. Festival of the Lost is a time to honor those who have passed on. Make sure you let your crucible enemies know forever 
with their personal tombstone. So previously they were showing the picture of the sparrow as well, but here's the tombstone emote. So if you take out someone in the crucible, you could just throw down their tombstone, which is a pretty good way to flex on them. Join us in the tower and beyond to celebrate Festival Lost beginning on October 29 and concluding on November 19. So you've got about just over two weeks by the sounds of it to go through that. If you are still wondering, and got a sweet tooth for delectable details, there is also the Festival of the Lost guide, which I've also mentioned there. So, game to give charity event. Uh, we have the upcoming event, which is starting, I believe it's starting today, and running through to November 10. So get ready for give, Game to Give, an inaugural charity event to support the Bungie Foundation's iPads for Kids program and the Children's Miracle Network, benefiting sick kids across the country. Between October 24 and November 10, we invite the Destiny community to join us in celebration of what we can accomplish together through games and giving. Starting today, we invite the community members to sign up to host your own Destiny fundraising stream between those dates. We also have some incredible prizes for you at various fundraising milestones. Check them out on October 29 at 12 p.m. PDT will be kicking off a 24-hour Festival Lost stream marathon with some of your favorite content creators accumulating in a live stream with the devs here at Bungie. So that should be starting uh, today pretty soon, I'm guessing, unless it already has. We're excited to share the sweet prizes and we have to thank our donors for the amazing contributions to help kids check them out. So this is an American Dollars. We have a Mist Blossoms emblem, which if you donate $10, you will earn that. And then if you donate $50, you will earn the uh, emblem we just talked about. And our first ever charity ghost, the Gilded Shell Exotic Ghost, which looks really cool. And then we have the $100 donation of US dollars, which will earn you both of your items above and will enter you into a draw to uh, win a prize pool here of a whole bunch of cool looking things. Looks like there's a record of the one of the Destiny, Destiny soundtracks, an art books, grimoire. Looks like there's some little figurines, potentially. They kind of look like, like they could be a chess set. There's one of the Iron Lord's axes. Then there's some figures and then a replica of that gilded ghost. Best of all, 100% of donations go directly to charities. We'll be officially kicking off this momentous prize event with uh, next Thursday. So that's already, we're already rolled up to that time. In the meantime, get yourself signed up, the stream, and make sure the donations are early. Uh, prizes will be redeemable after the event begins. So if you've already donated on that, you will be able to get that uh, those prizes I believe they should be starting on the 29th, I think they might have mentioned. Before we wrap up and start asking questions, I did want to bring some, uh, I guess, attention to... You might know of a user or a, a Destiny player and dev in the community called Lowlines. They have just put out Ghost Scan, which is a Twitch plugin which allows players watching the streamer to see information on the location or destination they're at, as well as some lore on everything they are equipped with at the time, as well as some other lore informations. And there's gonna be a few other features looking like they're coming in the future. Currently, it's in bug testing phases. So if you do have any, uh, you know, bugs you wanna report, you can find that on the extension page. I will link this in the description or the show notes of this podcast. So do check that out. It's a very cool looking uh, little uh, extension for, for Twitch. I really like it. 
and I'm looking forward to seeing the updates it's going to have in the future. I'm probably going to have this as one of my main extensions for when I'm streaming Destiny on Twitch. Definitely worth checking out. So we're going to jump into chatting with the uh, with the people watching at the moment. I'm going to pop up the This Week at Bungie again. So how are we all doing? All right. So I might have a quick look at chat, see what we are. Uh, See what we've seen. There's a few people who have come in and said hi. Thank you very much for stopping by. Um, so I don't know if I've uh, seen a whole lot. If you've got any questions or anything you want to talk about, do pop them in the chat and we'll go over them. I don't have a question answering system just yet. Thanks for stopping by, T-Man. Uh, and also, I believe, Kermit the Amphibian, Game Train Twitch, and also Cubalt. And Spectre, how you doing? 25th here, started yesterday. Yes, it did. Um... I, I donated myself and I got an email saying that the the uh, the emblem and ghost should be available on the 29th. At least I thought that's what it said. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, I should be starting that soon. That event myself, I will be running that on, on my stream uh, in the coming days. I just uh, doing a little bit of chatting with people around the community to see if there's any collaborations that might be happening. Steph mentioned this, but um, not to make scroll up. Hope one day they add the option for when you sort in the vault, it keeps it sorted that way. I haven't really had a look at that myself. I, I don't tend to sort stuff. I kind of sort it once and then I'll go back to it and I'll forget about it. But that is fair, um, especially if you want to sort by rarity or uh, a date earned for any items or weapons and stuff like that. It'd be really cool. Also, even in your inventory would be really cool to be able to sort that too. I know currently the ordering, as far as I know, goes by what was previously equipped. It'd be nice to be able to sort that by rarity or by light level. Um, that'd be really cool too. So yeah, that uh, we do have that. A search bar will be another thing. Actually, you know what? I do have a list of uh, quality of life things that I would love to see Destiny to have. I'm trying to compile a list and I don't know a way I should probably... Either, either I should make a video on it or I should go and maybe submit this to Bungie somehow. Um, also, hello to Cubalt. Uh, I don't know if I said hi. So this is the podcast. Anyone that is stopping by, the focus here is just the podcast. Um, this isn't usual banter. Once we do wrap up the podcast, I will be going back to the normal flow of, of the uh, the usual streams. The quality of life updates, which I've, I've suggested in my document that I'm putting together. Um, being able to preview shaders for ships, sparrows, and ghosts would be incredible. Uh, maybe a discount for having a full shader. So if we have the option to go, I want to go and use, um, you know, dead orbit camo. And I want to have that on my whole character. If I was to pull down five, I could pull it as down as a bulk of one. And maybe it's a little bit cheaper to pull down as a bulk. Maybe might be an option. Fire team health bar options on screen with the option to toggle it. Maybe having it off by default would be great, especially for raids. And always show option for super meter and health would be great too. And then if they're talking about going into uh, like the RPG style of things, I would love to see training dummies in maybe the tower or maybe on the farm where players could test their weapons at range and uh, their roles and see how well they're actually performing. And then I think the clan system could do a bit of an upgrade. I know that there was some features when Destiny 2 first launched that they don't really have now. There was the ability to search through um, clans as far as I know. It would be cool if there was a clan like big section where either you had your own clans notice boards or you could see what fire teams are running at the moment. Uh, also, um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be great to be able to plan raids and stuff. 
in the future like that. But also, there's a lot of players that don't know how to access clans. And it's kind of disjointed having to get players to go outside of the game to access a clan or even to go outside of the game um, to, to create a clan, a clan. So if they had the option to do that within game, I mean, everyone has access to a on-screen keyboard at the very least, so it should be an option to access that in-game. Um, but it would make it all... I feel like having to make the player go outside of the game is not ideal in general. Uh, also, a codex or tutorial archive, maybe with some glossaries or some vernacular, a tab of sections uh, where players have a collection where they can revisit any tooltips they've had shown to recap say they might have seen something on power level and now they've forgotten they can go back and have a look at that so also if we've got the postmaster a mailbox to send mail to other players uh, or and also to receive it and also offline messaging so if you've met someone on a game i know that you can message via steam you can message via playstation and all that but this way it's within the game and you get the notification in the game i think that'll be a cool feature to be able to go hey i played with you you were really good at the game uh, let's go on, you know, do a strike again or something. Also, I think that rarity and color of pinnacle or ritual gear should be separate from legendary, like maybe an orange or something. Um, just to separate, this is a top tier legendary piece of gear. I feel like that needs to be a thing. I could understand why they wouldn't do that because they don't want to, you know, have feature keep and keep expanding to things, you know? I just feel like that'd be a really cool thing or even maybe like an icon to denote like on the on the square of the um piece of equipment maybe it has a little star on it to show that it's a pinnacle or a really good piece a campaign mission tab collections tab or um having so this is what this is what i want i want the ability to go to maybe collections and have a list of all those campaign story missions and then maybe if they're having the weekly or um daily story mission to do it's highlighted or it's flashing or something and it makes a note that you'll get extra experience or something from doing that i just like the ability to go i want to go back and i want to play the third mission of the war mine campaign i don't want to have to wait for a rotation for it to come through you should be able to play it whenever you want because you purchase the content you should be able to access it whenever you want i feel like that's my mindset for it and then finally i've got fully featured and expanded lore tab in collections and bring back all the destiny one card data as well so Unequipped shader option, that is an option already. You can just go to the base set of a shader. They need to take things like, so Kermit is saying this, the Chalice of Opulent, Weak Synthesizer, out of the quest section, absolutely. Not sure why they lumped it in there. Um, I, I assume because it's probably marked as a, a quest item in the game, but it would be amazing if that was um, something that's separate. Like if we've got the um, seasonal artifact, maybe around there we could have an item where you can just quickly go in there and have a look at it. Uh, I don't know where they could put it. Maybe like an extra tab of the items tab might be another thing like how we used to have bounties. Uh, what would we, what do you think will happen when Ikora finishes the portal? But like button says, um, I, there's been a lot of theories on this. Uh, some people believe that what's going to happen is that, uh, we're going to be off fighting the, um, the undying mind and maybe Rasputin's going to jump in. And they feel like some of the fallen captains or um, Kells might come in and try to steal some of Rasputin's data while that's happening, because we did have connections to Rasputin with Siva. Uh, and then they feel like um, there's just lots of stuff setting up to that happening. But apparently Rasputin, 
Someone said Rasputin is going to try to fix the timeline, but I don't know how a supercomputer would do that. I feel like it's more of an, a thing with um, Osiris coming back, maybe to fix the timeline. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Steph also mentioned an option to customize the HUD, like move things around. I actually think that would be a great idea. However, I don't know how Bungie's design principles work for that because I feel like Bungie is very much much focused on... Um, I, I don't have the right word to say for it, but they're very particular with how they want their UI to look. And I don't think it's a pride thing. I think it's just a cleanness thing where they don't want to overwhelm players with too much interface and they only want the interface showing up as needed. But... For us power users that have been playing Destiny for a bunch of weeks, uh, a bunch of weeks, I mean, yeah, now there'll be power users, but for years, it'd be nice to be able to tweak it, turn things on and off. Um, maybe, maybe, yeah, I mean, playing Final Fantasy 14 and playing World of Warcraft, it was always very good to have, um, I guess, clustered bits of information in the appropriate places where I would like to look, like I would look at all the players, um, health bars or maybe i'll look at the boss what the boss's targets were and stuff like that i don't think destiny is going to go down a pure mmo style but if it's going into this big expanded world i think it's definitely something we need to have ot1 stopping by too um we will go to an ultimate dimension steph saying where people don't complain about not having everything available for free <laughs> no I don't, I don't think that's gonna be a thing um light buttons gonna complain that we can't complain in the new dimension <laughs> I, my theory is, and I don't, I, I'm sure this could probably be shot down, but this was the, the thing I thought of. I didn't put a lot of thought into it, but I wonder if, um, this is a spoiler thing. So if you want to pause it for about, or like skip about a minute ahead, maybe my theory of what's going to happen is, um, and I'm just trying to be, have a different theory from other people. That's purely the thing. Just to have a, a different idea of it is maybe the pyramid ships at the end of uh, Shadowkeep story that we've seen so far. What if instead of the Traveler getting to humanity first, what if the pyramid ships in the darkness got to the humanity first and that's a different timeline? So we saw a clone of our character or a mirror of our character. Maybe the timelines are syncing up and we're seeing our polar opposite like a dark version of ourselves. I don't know. I don't know. How are you supposed to skip? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's an idea. I'm sure it it's probably just the darkness mimicking us, but uh, wish Spectre wishes Bungie didn't add energy affinity to exotic gear. That is that is fair because kind of drop even with different elements. I didn't even think of that to be honest. I knew that a few people were having a little bit of a rough time with energy affinity to begin with on regular armor pieces, but I, I feel like. I don't know. I, I feel like there should be energy affinities mo like base mods, but they should absolutely be tied to that energy efficiency or affinity, like um, doing more damage with void or getting more resistance to, to void. I feel like it's a little bit weird. I know that a lot of weapons are tied to certain um, subclasses of those affinities. Spectre's also saying if you pull stompies, from collections they have arc affinity which means you can run shotgun scavenger but you can't run sniper scavenger because that's void only so that's kind of limiting especially for exotic gear uh, i guess i don't know i guess that ties it to yeah the weapons again and 
a lot of exotics don't tend to be based around weapon classes. There are a few like Actium War Rigs with uh, assault rifles or auto rifles, but not every exotic does it that way. So that is a fair criticism uh, to at least have the option to pull it down with a different element. But um, wish you could mod exotics. You can mod exotics. But I, I, I think what Steph's trying to say is I wish that you had the seasonal exotic or maybe you maybe had a lifetime mod socket where your uh, exotic piece of armor had a um, had a slot which didn't matter what season it was it could slot in that uh, you know if you were in season one dying you could put in relay defender or if you were in um, I don't know, like, looking at Forsaken stuff, you could put in, like, uh, Forsaken-based mods as well. OT1, love to be able to put some of the breaker mods on exotic weapons, if nothing else. Absolutely, that's another thing, is having the uh, exotic weapons to have mods at all, because currently they've, obviously they've got their own roles for them. They don't, they don't even roll, but they have their set um, perks. But it would be nice to have a slot to, you know, be able to put on, like, boss spec or Icarus grip or something like that. So Spectre's saying, understand affinity for directly energy influencing exotics, like say, uh, Nezzy's Soda, Brown and Geomag, but neutral game exotics like uh, I, Transversive Steps, should have no affinity or it's unnecessarily restricting. That is a fair criticism as well. Maybe a seasonal mod slot? Steph is saying, and that was OT1, Steph is saying, wish that exotics also came with max armor mod slots. So, we haven't really had armor slots though in the past. Um, I know that the the biggest issue you have with pulling down armor from, or more so armor, pulling armor down from the collections is that it is going to have a suboptimal amount of stats in the pool. So you really need to have a drop of that exotic piece of armor to get a better stat roll on it. Or you need to wait until Zer comes around to actually get that yourself as well. Um, and yeah, Steph's also mentioning, and also an in-game version of Dim would be cool. That's basically moving the, um, moving the vault in a similar way that we have the seasons tab. I think the biggest thing to consider when it's coming to a lot of these, uh, quality of life updates when it comes to tower related things, the challenge that Bungie would have with adding any of these things is that as soon as you start to pull things out of the tower, the tower becomes less relevant. So currently, the reason why all these things are in the tower, like getting bounties, um, having vendors, going and getting uh, your vault, previously ac accessing the Eververse, the Postmaster, was because it gives you a reason to go to the tower. It, it gives the social social space a reason to be social, I guess. Uh, maybe, maybe they could do it so that, uh, I guess, specific core features could be taken out of the tower, but weekly rotating things like vendors i don't know i don't know like, i'm sure they've thought about that all but that would be the the kind of um trade-off they would be thinking about when they are approaching that stuff so like an exotic ghost that has option to access the vault farm losing 100 of relevance besides zero hour specter saying and once you've actually finished zero hour it appears on the map as well i actually wish the farm was more of a social space i wish it wasn't hidden I, I this is one thing i wish and 
this doesn't have the same issue as the tower staying relevant. Things like the menagerie, the tribute hall, uh, the raids, I don't think they legitimately have a reason to be on those maps. Sure, they there's a reason to have them located within that area. I think a cool way to do it would be to have, for example, Nessus. You have that Nessus planet icon on the map, but then maybe around it you have icons for the raid, um, for the menagerie, and then for the tribute hall. So you can choose from either of those without having to go into the map. Similar to, I guess there's also, if we've got the Gambit, Crucible, and Strikes containers on the, on the uh, director, why not have the, you could even have the Menagerie one there, you could even have the Black Armory rotator there as well. It just doesn't feel like there's a, it is, it, it feels like it's an extra step just opening that map just to access an activity. Um, but yeah, uh, it's better saying, well, the Leviathan and Tribute Hall are on Leviathan, which is in Nessus's region, which is fair. Like, if, you, if you're if you a traditional Destiny player, if you remember the Reef, so you'd go into, I mean, you'd have to actually go into the Reef, wouldn't you? But you went into there, and then you'd have the Reef um, location, and then you'd have all the, um, what was it called? I can't remember the name of those activities you would do within the uh, Reef, like the Osiris, Trials of Osiris and stuff like that. Maybe a tower, you could have a portal that has a vendor next to it where you can choose a raid. Uh, and then you have to go to the tower, though. That That's, um... When people are wanting it on the director, though, they're wanting it for a convenience. But I guess if you want a reason to be at the tower, to have shortcuts within the tower, um, it would be cool to have, like, a, a meeting stone kind of thing, like World of Warcraft, where um, you would all meet up together for the raid and then you would click go for the raid but everyone's all prepared together kind of thing um that's the point of steph to give the tower more reason and you can put the vault on with the ghost yeah there are definitely suggestions Spectre of the reef you mean the marasov is disappointed in you zone yes absolutely but yeah um this has been actually a pretty cool pretty cool podcast tonight i have updated the last episode was very loud for the music i've worked out how to split the channel so if the music is too loud while i've been recording this i will be able to actually um reduce the the noise of the the music so i had one or two people say it was a little bit frustrating but i can understand because when i first pulled it down it was like my gosh the music is way too loud so yeah it's been pretty good i think we might wrap it up there tonight though Thank you for everyone for stopping by. Remember, you can check us. I will have the, the timestamps of when you can uh, find us live on Fridays. For me, it is uh, it's 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. But yeah, we're going to keep the stream going. Uh, we will wrap up the podcast here. If you're here live and have enjoyed the stream, we regularly run fire teams and help new folks get started. So click that follow heart for a free way to get notifications and support the channel. For everyone else here, I'll see you on the next podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe.